The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Larkana podcast, a podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your host, Jared, James, and today we are rejoined by Dara. Today we're talking about, well, all the set two news, the leaks, the spoilers. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last week we talked about how to build the perfect deck even if you don't have all the cards. And this week, we are joined by Adara because we have big news. Big news with set two um, images that have been leaking and releasing. But before we get all that, Adara, well, it's time for a check-in. How have you been? How's your TCG journey been? Oh, man. It's been super-duper fun. Um, so I think like the last time I had checked in with you guys was probably before Gen Con. So. Yeah, it was went through the the craziness that was Gen Con that's already been talked about to death. And then um, since then, the leagues started up. I'm in a couple of local Lorcana leagues. Thankfully, we have multiple game stores running those. So I'm getting to meet a lot of new people, run into a couple of people from the Discord server, actually. Nice. Um, and that's just been super fun to actually get a chance to talk about Lorcana in person with people teach people how to do stuff. Um, one of the local game stores actually realized that I've been following the game for long enough that they've started to ask me for rules questions when they come up. So starting to get a little bit into the judge type journey as well there, but it's just been a blast. From newbie to judge, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's it's an aspiration. You know, we 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 saw tournament rules kind of get talked about, um, hoping that someday we'll we'll get an official judge program that people can join in. No, I told that to James in the last podcast how funny it was to be sitting there playing with people, having them play a card and be like, this one does X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been following this for a while. Yeah, I know. I know what that does. <laughs> But how's your how's your league play been? Have you enjoyed it? Have you hated it? What's that been like for you? I've really enjoyed it. So the league play that I typically participate in is more along the lines of the casual play. So most people around me are playing starter decks or slightly modified starter decks. They haven't been able to get their hands on a lot of like major product. And so it's mostly been, oh, I'm playing a starter deck that I've modified with three booster packs is most of the decks that are getting played around me. So I tend to run starter decks a lot, which I really like. I've grown to love, especially the Amber Amethyst starter deck. I love running it against people and playing it and learning how it works. Uh, but then it's it's pretty much just been the casual play for me. Uh, my husband has been more involved in, there was a sealed league event that went on for four weeks that is finishing up this week. So he got additional packs each week in order to construct a sealed deck that he was doing as part of his league play. 
So that was pretty interesting. I just have learned that I sealed and draft is not particularly my cup of tea when it comes to TCGs. I like being able to study my deck beforehand, figure out how to pilot it, test it. And that's that's more along the lines of what I'm doing there. So I've really enjoyed the league play. I've been pleasantly surprised with it and the people that participate at it. There's only a couple of like really crazy competitive people. Um, most of the time, it's just people who are looking to have a fun time together. I have a question. How closely are the two places you're playing sticking to the Ravensburger way of doing league? So I have not read in detail through the way that Ravensburger suggested league was done. I know that there is one of the places that they consult their sheet of paper and their booklet every single time league comes up and there's any questions. So I would guess that they stick pretty closely to what Ravensburger is suggesting for league. And the other places um, lean into it in various aspects. I can't remember if it was officially Ravensburger's suggestion to do like additional points for like other accomplishments, but like I have one game store who like if you wear a piece of Disney clothing, like you get a point for that. If you do a trade with somebody, you get a point for that. So I have one place that's a lot more giving with points. And then there's another one that is much more along the lines of just you play a match, you get a point, um, whether you win or lose that, you just get that straight point. You get a point if you teach somebody it. And that's pretty much how you earn points at that place. So I'd say they're mostly sticking to what it sounds like I've is the official release stuff for it um, with some variations in like how they're assigning points out to people. Interesting. So the the three places I've played, uh, one of them is using the league uh, with the paper up on the wall, putting the stickers on it and everything, but they're not following the league uh, prizing structure that was recommended. So they're giving, I think they're giving away less stuff, in my opinion, than what they, the league thing says, because I think they're only giving away like Every week they were giving away two promo cards, and I think that was about it. Interesting. Yeah, which I, I think they were supposed to be giving away a lot more because if there's, you know, 24 of each, that's, you know, you should be able to give away like three or four every week at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the pins they didn't give away until uh, just last night at the month long. And the other two are not doing like league points at all. They're doing pricing like based on the weekly performance and raffles or, you know, whatever. So just to comment on this, if the league play is supposed to be 12 weeks like they recommend, then two cards a week would make sense. Would it? No, that's no, because there's three different ones. So it'd be six cards a week. Right. Didn't they get, oh wait, how many copies of each one did they get? 24 of each promo. And there's three. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. Brain fart. If they were just, I was thinking there's 24 total. Right. No. They, yeah. No. They they should be able to give away four to six a week, and then save some for the monthly prizes, and then the end of season prizes. I so I mean, yeah, like three to three to five would make sense. Yeah. And then save a few for like big bonus prizes at the end. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, the pins are definitely much rarer because there's only six of each of the character pins and eight of the logo pins. So yeah, that makes sense to save those for the monthly prizes. 
I think we both want to know how your collection is coming along, Adara. Yes. I, I see you posting pictures when you finish a page and you have one of those uh, binders that has, uh, what is it, four across and three down so you can finish a set. And, and you're, what are you collecting and then how are you doing on it? Yeah, so I do have one of the 12 page binders. Uh, the reason I went with that is because I think the binder holds about 512 cards or something like that. And I knew that that would be enough to hold a full set of both the regular cards and the foil cards. So that's what I'm doing for the first set. At least I am going to go for a full set. I, I want all 12 of those enchanteds at some point, but those are going to come much later down the line, hopefully after the price drops a little bit, just, a uh, little. just, just, just a little, just a little. Uh, so I'm doing the regular and the foil cards. I organize them right next to each other. So the pages that I post on Twitter as I finish them are, it's six cards to a page because there's uh, enough slots there for the six doubled for the 12. And so it's coming along pretty good. We I have seen one of every regular card. So we we own one of every regular card in the set at this point. We have a lot of cards that we're running in constructed decks right now um, between my husband and I. We have, I think, like two and a half constructed decks put together with the product that we've opened together. So I have donated some of the regular cards to go towards making the full playset so we don't have to purchase additional cards there. So they're not necessarily look, they don't look like they're always full pages in my binder, but we've, we have one of every regular card. I think I'm down to like 60 or so foils that I'm missing. So there's a couple of legendaries. I think I'm missing like somewhere between like six and 10 legendaries still have a couple of foils already of those. I bought a foil Gantu the other day because that was <laughs> super cheap. I was like, I'll buy that before anything happens and makes it more expensive because I really want, wanted that card. So I'm really happy with how it's coming. I have the like about the 60-ish foils left. I do have the Elsa Enchanted card. Oh my and goodness. And so I only need the other 11, which hopefully will be the easier ones to obtain. I was going to say, if you're going to pull one Enchanted, Elsa's the one to pull because it is worth like, what, three times more than any of the others? At least double of the Mickey, but three times all the others. Yeah, it's so. going pretty high. I... I pulled it at Gen Con in my like fifth pack of Lorcana ever. And I I sat down with my stubbornness and I was like, I am never selling this card, no matter how much somebody <laughs> is offering to me. It is it is stuck with me as a, a memory of the day and everything. And so I'm very thankful to have that one. That is the only one we have so far, but I am I will take I will take having that one as the the one enchanted we pulled. That's pretty awesome. All right, should we talk some set two? Should yes. we? Is that yes. all we have? I mean, it's like, is that all we have to talk about? And it's like, yeah, I think that's more than enough because I mean, we got, I mean, it was, it felt like a, a just a massive amount of news just all in one drop, right? I think this is yeah. what I've been missing in my Lorcon experience was a reveal season. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had anything since Gen Con morning. And it's just kind of been quiet. And 
you know, it's it wasn't quite the silence of the dark times between D23 and when they actually started revealing additional stuff. But right? We only had it, a month of dark times this time, <laughs> and we had a we had a but, card game to keep us busy. Exactly. But we are humans. We are fickle yeah. creatures. So anyway, we have set two with the teased and leaked name was from a, what was it a french retailer posted and the translation was rise of the floodborne and we found out uh early uh tuesday morning right was when it was uh yeah that they yes. dropped at like three in the morning our yeah. time and we found out that that was the official name was the was it rise of the floodborne i still and, i love the french version la Sension de floodborne or i probably <laughs> butchered that but i just love how la la Sension rolls off the tongue yes it's it's the french ones do tend to have uh nicer sounding titles of some things so that's pretty fun uh we got not only did we get the announcement of the name we got 13 cards revealed like full cards, not just teases, but the full card. We got uh, all the product revealed. And so let's start with, uh, let's start with the product. Um, and the first thing we're getting is, of course, a booster box. And who is on, Adara, who is on the booster box? Oh man, I gotta pull it up here real fast because I've already forgotten. It's just so exciting. And we, there... we have... Just like the first set, there's characters on the booster box. And uh, just like the first set, the majority of these characters are all by one artist, uh, which is really cool to see. Yeah, hopefully they're going to do another like kind of featured artist for their different chapters. So the booster box, and correct me if I'm wrong, has Raya from Raya and the Last Dragon, the Beast from Beauty and the Beast, and then the Queen of Hearts, I believe, from Alice in Wonderland. Yes, those are the three main characters. Those are who will be on the packs. And then on the front of the box, there's a, and a two additional characters that have cards that were revealed. And that's uh, Merlin and Tiana. Merlin's card looks so cool. Yes. And then, uh, Jared, why don't you tell us about the two new starter decks? Yeah, so um, we are getting two starter decks this time. There's an Amber, sorry, Amethyst Steel deck featuring the aforementioned Merlin and Tiana. And then there's also a Sapphire Amber deck featuring the Queen and a Floodborn Gaston who has a developed brain. Yes, developed brain not develop your brain he has already developed his brain <laughs> and then we have some accessories at, as usual uh, wait wait have, wait what about the uh trove i feel we like do we have the trove don't we we have another trove and it features of course all the same characters um it's the box that has eight packs and the booklet and it basically There's... it's it's all the same uh structure of product uh, as the initial, as the first chapter, it's just new, new characters, and obviously it's going to be two hundred and four new cards. Well, uh, there's a little sneak peek of a character on the side of the box too. Yes, drove. Who is that? Which one was it? Shere Khan. Shere Khan from Jungle Book. 
Yes. yes. Which uh, they did announce uh, with the release that they, I mean, they basically gave us so much information that we had to just pull, like, it felt like pulling, <laughs> you know, information from, from all these different places, but they just like dropped all this information and they announced that in addition to any other franchises that are already in the first chapter that they may be reusing, like, of course, the beast, um, they are also adding, even though we already have uh, the queen, but they are adding Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Pinocchio, Zootopia, the Great Mouse Detective, the Jungle Book, and of course, based on the one on the on the on the packs, Raya and the Last Dragon. So I think it's it's amazing that we're getting just this nice range of everything from the first Disney movie all the way up to a movie that just came out a few years ago. Yep. Agreed. And, and the, go ahead. And continuing to get those deep cut movies too. Not a lot of people know about the Great Mouse Detective unless you're a little bit deeper into Disney and like looking through everything that they've done. Or so you're an really, 80s kid. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so really happy to see more of those movies. Though I really wanted Atlantis, but I'll keep waiting. I, we we may. St- I mean, I think we're gonna. I mean, it's fairly obvious at this point that they are not shying back from using any of the i guess you know lesser known properties that they just don't use that often in a lot of merchandising they're not shying away from it at all yeah well and keep in mind too they kept uh treasure planet a secret until like the very end like nobody knew about that and there were multiple one card franchises in the first chapter so they they some of these I'm I'm guessing will be full and then some of the ones that were in the first chapter may go down to one or two cards and we'll see how that how that works. But the final thing we have that's not actual cards is we have uh, some accessories and we have two new playmats, one featuring the beast who looks like he's a gargoyle and Winnie the Pooh. Uh, who I think was one of the leak. This was like the leak where we got the characters. We're like, okay, it's yeah. Winnie the Pooh and this and that. And but honestly, I think we can all agree that no one had in mind the amazing awesomeness that was going to be Winnie the Pooh, the Honey Wizard. This is amazing art, and it is. This will. I mean, I had that custom playmat made that I will gladly switch to the honey wizard and play with the honey wizard play mat going forward, because this is such an amazing piece of art. Uh, it's by John Lauren who did the Robin hood card in the first chapter. And it's Winnie the Pooh as a wizard sitting on top of uh, a jar or uh, what is it? A beehive. A, a beehive. And he's, he's a wizard. And you just, if you haven't seen it, you need to go see it because it's amazing. So those are the two play mats, and then we're getting uh, two deck boxes and sleeves, again, that are featuring the same characters, and it's Sisu, the dragon from Raya, and a new version of Mulan uh, from Mulan. I love those Mulan, like, talking about art. I really like that art. Yeah. It's I mean, so amazing. It's all amazing. I mean, she is illustrated amazing, but I think the red background just really makes it pop. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's it's all so cool. And the gargoyle beast 
I, I know that one. A lot of people actually, I, it's amazing to me that someone would think that it's better than the honey wizard, but that was me. Like, that was me. Like <laughs> I'll play. Yeah. I'll play with that. That beast one. No, it's an amazing piece of art too. I just can't stand how awesome and cool the honey wizard is. Um, so, and then we have a final new because there is no like regular old gift set with oversized cards like there was in the first chapter no thank Let's goodness even, <laughs> even more special than that and uh who wants to who wants to talk about this oh man i can do this one right. i it's the gift set that i actually want to buy this time and it's the magical legacy disney 100 collector's edition box so it's the same box as the gift set. It looks like the exact same packaging, except it has that platinum updo that all of the official Disney 100 products have. And inside of it are six special edition. They're, they're labeled as promos. So they're promo cards, essentially, that have been specifically designed by Disney animators that they look really similar to enchanted cards. They're the full art looks like they kind of have a foil effect on them. And they're all stamped with a Disney 100 at the bottom of it. So there you get these six super amazing looking cards that come in the set. They're a mix of four uh, redos of cards from the first chapter and then two uh, alternate arts of cards from the second, the Rise of the Floodborns. And then inside of the gift set, you get four additional booster packs of Rise of the Floodborne. So I think they, like, I want to hear what you guys think about it, but I think they hit it out of the ballpark with this one. Like, this was what I was wanting from a gift set, and they 100% have me sold on this. I think the thing that makes it extra special is that all of these cards are designed by actual Disney animators, like the Genie, and I'm sorry, I don't have the names pulled up right before me, but the genie card was drawn by the person that did genie on Aladdin. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you'll see on these cards, how they have the signature in the art box. And uh, those are all signatures of people who are Disney animators. For me, that's, that's one of the coolest things. Maybe I'm not the biggest fan of all the art, but I think that what they did was really special. Yeah, I, I totally agree. This is, I mean, honestly, this is the, most Disney thing they could have done to make a gift set of for Lorcana is get the history of Disney into a set for these new cards. And of course, with the stated intention of never doing something so exclusive that it is nearly impossible to find, they're just alternate arts of existing cards. So you don't have to get these to be able to play the game. But of course, everybody's going to want them and everybody's going to want four of them to get play sets. Um, I'm, I'm I don't know about everybody, James. Every no, I'll be fine with one of No, I will be fine. I'll with take one. I will yeah. take one. But I will I mean, say that's that's another thing that's cool about it is that these aren't chase cards, because if you well, if you can get the set, you're going to have all six. And, and based on what we've seen, the gift set should be fairly available because I think this is something that they will indeed stock in quite significant numbers at uh, Disney at the, at the parks for one. And I would hope on shop Disney as well uh, to where it's available for more than three seconds uh, before it sells out. Um, I'm reading the site and it says that the, uh, the finish on the, the, 
the cards is a satin holographic foil finish, which is different than the one that was used on enchanted cards because that's, I think, called an ink wash foil finish. Um, and so there's yeah, your Lorcana lexicon. Let's go over all the foil finishes. It's shiny. That's <laughs> just, what just matters. Teasing. Just it's shiny. Yes. And, and, and you hold it up to the light and it shines back at you and it looks awesome. It sounds, uh, it sounds luxury with the satin finish. Right? It does sound very luxury. And, and I do want to give cards a... and you get four packs. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. So worth it. So at the $30 price point that the gift set is you're and the packs are $6 each, you're paying a dollar a card for these six cards. And I think that's great for, for this. I mean, a dollar a card, I would pay a dollar a card for promos all day long. I thought the reported MSRP was, was higher than 30 for the, I thought it was 50. I thought it was 49. 50 is for the Trove. I thought I, is this I'll, I'll have 50? to double check it. Um, uh, but before we move on, I did want to give a quick shout out to John T over at the Inkwell. If you don't know the history behind these artists on these cards, he put in the work and did a really nice video that released uh, today, day of recording. Um, and totally worth a watch if you don't know who these these artists are and what their history is. He goes into them all and it's a really cool thing to watch. I are we am. all trying to find the price now? I am. It is a really cool video to watch. I'm glad that John T put that together. I'm trying to remember where we saw the pricing. The box I... currently priced at $49.99 US dollars and $64.99 Canadian dollars. This is on a article on The Gamer from Joe Parlock. There you go. I thought it was going to be 30 like the gift set, but oh well. You can just... You can just Disney cut all that tags. out later. <laughs> Disney tax. Disney oh, no. tax. I'm going to leave it in there so everybody can I see know. that you were wrong, James. <laughs> yeah, I'm wrong all the time. That's that's the fun thing. All right. So that's yeah. the, is that all the product that we're getting? Yeah. I mean, I think it's time we talk about some cards. Yes. Cards. All right. So uh, there's three of us and there's six inks. So we're each going to take two inks to talk about the cards in each one. <laughs> nice. So who wants Amber? I could do Amber. I, oh, did you want to I was going to say, I will stake the claim for Sapphire and Steel because those are my colors I'm playing. And then you pick your two colors, Adara, and I will take what's left. All right. I will do Amber and Ruby then. All right. So go ahead. Do Amber. All right. So Amber, we have... According to this, three cards that have been revealed for that. So we have Mickey Mouse Friendly Face, which kind of looks like the upgraded version of the Mickey Mouse True Friend. He's a six drop, one six with three lore. And his ability is that whenever this character quests, you pay three ink less for the next character you play this turn. So super strong ability, it seems like there. Uh, really liked that one. Then we also have the queen um, from Snow White, Commanding Presence. So she is a five drop, four, three card with two lore. She is a Floodborn. Uh, so she has the shift. And then her ability is whenever this character quest chosen opposing character gets minus four attack this turn and chosen character gets plus four attack this turn. So it like takes 
takes the strength, sorry, takes the strength from one character, puts it to another character. So let's put it in terms that Jared will like. This means that it's possible that you can use less flounders <laughs> to take out eight drop Maui than previously. I like the way you think. You could do it with two flounders. Two flounders. <laughs> two flounders. And equals. also, this is, uh, if I'm reading this correctly, this is the first character that shifts for more than two less. She shifts for three less because she goes from five and you can pay mm. two. So she's the first one that's three che three cheaper because all the other shifts have been two cheaper. Which means we're going to have to get a one drop queen. Yeah, right. Or maybe we get a two drop because it's the less already. No, we're getting a one drop queen. We get a one drop queen. <laughs> I'll bet you a pack of Lorcana. <laughs> I don't I I've seen those go south. I'm not betting any. Right, packs. right. <laughs> but well, the last the last Amber card is one of my favorites and it's a new song, Zero to Hero. So for two costs, it is uninkable, but you get to count the number of characters you have in play, and then you pay that amount of ink less for the next character that you play in the turn. So it seems like it could be something really nice to be able to, almost like the lantern, you get to pay less for the next character. I love that it's a two drop. It's I'm super excited about the, the Hercules song. And it's in Amber, so... You can rock star stitch out a bunch of one and two cost characters and all of a sudden have six or seven of them in play because you've been drawn so much. And one of those cards you drew, oh, look, it's carefree surfer stitch. And oh, my goodness, he's free. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in addition to lanterns, you have just in time, zero to hero and this new Mickey Mouse. It really feels like Amber's leaning into this cheating higher cost characters out for uh, lower cost. And I think like I'm really curious to see how it develops. That's one of the reasons why like blue is for the ramp package. But this is basically like pseudo ramp. Yeah. Yeah, it's like ramp, but without like gaining the ink in front of you, you're lessening the cost that you're paying. All right, and next we have Amethyst, and we got four Amethyst cards. Uh, we have uh, another Elsa, Gloves Off. It's a four-drop, three-four with one lore, and she has Challenger 3. So when challenging, she has plus three strength. And uh, this one's just a solid card. It's a nice attacking card and also another shift target for the eight-drop Elsa. So always nice to see. Like we needed more Elsas, right? I was just I'll gonna ask you guys Elsa. if you were surprised that we were getting another Elsa. No, not really. I think there's gonna I mean, there's going to be some of these top tier characters in almost every set. Even if we only get one of them, I think you're gonna get certain characters in a lot of sets. I mean, now, we're gonna get at least what, three to six Mickeys in every set? Most likely. Yeah. I, I definitely don't think we'll get more than three Elsas, though, no. in this next set. So since we got, I think, what was it, like three, four? I think we got four of them in the yeah. first chapter. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get more than three in this second one. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the only one, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, next up, we have Merlin. 
uh, shapeshifter, and uh, he's a four drop, one five, and he has the ability Battle of Wits. Whenever one of your other characters is returned to your hand from play, this character gets plus one lore value this turn. So that is something you can use both defensively and offensively, it sounds like. So uh, if there's ways to get characters back into your hand, like Genie. Dr. Facilier. Dr. Facilier. Mm-hmm. Well, see, the Dr. Facilier doesn't work. Uh, that was clarified on Twitter, I think, today from Steve Warner. So uh, Dr. Facilier's ability hit the seven drop, Dr. Facilier, uh, Agent Provocateur or whatever it's. Um, yep. That one, it's when banished. And according mm-hmm. to the mechanics of what's happening in the game, uh, the character oh, is banished and goes first. into the discard pile. Then the ability activates and the, the character is pulled from the discard pile into your hand and therefore is not in play. So that ability doesn't count for this uh, this ability. Uh, so and it's I, only bouncing from play, so like Genie. Or, and I uh, won't before. be surprised if we get more cards that return cards to your hand and set too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Befuddle and Genie are to the two main ones, I think, right now, right? Yeah. And uh, Cruella knows best. And mother knows best, and and Cruella. Yeah, Cruella. Right. Unless it says when banished. Yep. And, uh, anything uh, that says when banished, it doesn't count. Yeah, or if it banishes the character first, right. that the when the from play is the super important part from Merlin's. Correct. Like. And then next up, we have, as we were mentioning, the Winnie the Pooh, Honey Wizard. He's a five drop, five, five with two lore, and he's a vanilla. And I've seen so many people complaining that he's a vanilla. They're like, this amazing art needs to be on an amazing ability as well. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I just kind of want to sit and stare at the the art. So why put any other words on there when you're just going to ignore what's, what the ability is? So you might as well just not put an ability on there, right? What I, 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 I know put on Twitter... I put on Twitter right before we recorded, I said, can we, uh, I said, I've seen a lot of people complaining about Winnie the Pooh instead of complaining about Winnie the Pooh not having an ability. Can't we just appreciate the fact that this card has incredible art? Um, and then I said, wait, is this me engaging in toxic positivity? But I mean, for reals, like Adara said already, we're fickle creatures. <laughs> we are always going to find something to complain about. And this is incredible art. And yeah, I guess it sucks that there's no ability, but holy cow, this is going to be a great card. Um, yeah. I mean, even though it's vanilla, it's still a great card. I mean, it's five cost, five, five. It's just a bruiser like Kronk, you know? Yeah. I think that this is going to see some play. I, I think so. I mean, I, and uh, so I'm going to complain that they misspelled honey. <laughs> I think that was on purpose. <laughs> Isn't that how he spells honey on his honey It totally pots? is, yes. Okay, okay. It totally is. It is the Winnie the Pooh way of honey. Yeah. It oh, is his James way. James was just being a fickle human, finding something yes, to complain about. Okay, human. I'm a little slow sometimes. No, it's all right. <laughs> okay, final. the final amethyst is a three-drop, uninkable item called the Sorcerer's Spellbook. And it its ability is knowledge. You exert it, pay one ink, and gain one lore. Pretty awesome. Um, this is the first way you can earn lore that doesn't involve using a character. 
Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Just drop down four of these and just uh, control your char- your opponent's characters and, and win the game. <laughs> right? That's all you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's all Here, giving me that do. look like, all right, buddy. It's all you got to do. All in quotes. No, no is the control the board because I am still suffering from my league play last night where I ran up against a, a Amethyst. Amethyst Ruby deck yeah. that just yeah PTSD anyway. from that deck right so anyway I won't get into that I was not proud of who I was as a human afterwards <laughs> because I did I felt rage and then I was like I felt bad I felt like I was being selfish taking away like trying to make him feel guilty for beating me and that shouldn't be the case anyway no. that's neither here or there all right that's it for the amethyst and next up we have emerald and Oh, just an amazing card. Oh, just yeah. one. And that's all you need is one, right? It is a five drop uninkable bell, hidden archer. And she's a three, three with three lore. She's shift three. So you can pay three ink to put her on top of another bell. And her ability is thorny arrows. Whenever this character is challenged, the challenging character's player discards all cards in their hand. It's it is evil and rude bonkers and awesome. talking about control <laughs> and yeah. and you you hear everyone going like well she'll die to smash or whatever and it's like yeah but you know your opponent has to have a smash for her to get banished to smash so and it's like well I can just attack her when uh, when I don't have any cards in my hand it's like well she's out on turn three you're probably gonna have some cards in your hand. And she's going to get you, she's going to be earning three lore until you feel like taking her on, right? Mm -hmm. So she's very dangerous, I think. Agreed. Agreed. This card is bonkers. And it's definitely continuing the whole saga of we're not getting a whole lot of of green cards to (laughs) for reveal season. Right, what do they have? the sneaky flavor of that. What do they have against Emerald? It's like they don't want to reveal Emerald I, cards. I think we've saw from the first chapter, and I think we're going to continue to see this into this. This I'm going to keep calling it the second chapter, even though we we it's Rise of the Floodborns. But Emerald just has these really cool, strong abilities that they don't always seem to synergize with each other, but they're just kind of a little bit of everywhere. So I think if you ever want like a good overview of like different types of abilities that are present, I feel like Emerald is a great place to start looking for that. And so I think because of that, um, Emerald tends to have those really cool cards that maybe are a little bit too powerful for us to have straight off the bat. I mean, looking at Bell, if she's anything to say for it, I think we're in we're in for a, a, an interesting ride with Emerald for the Rise of the Floodborns. But that indeed. takes us into oh, yeah, go ahead, James. No, I say like, indeed, yeah, it's Emerald's so much fun. Yes, and I think it's a big surprise that there's not a starter deck that includes Emerald for the Rise of the Floodborns. So that'll be interesting to see. But speaking of inks that did not have a lot of cards revealed quickly in the first chapter, next up is Ruby. We did get two Ruby cards. 
So we have the Raya card from the art on the booster packs, Raya Warrior of Kumandra. She's a four drop, five, three with one lore, just a vanilla card. Really solid for a four drop though with that five strength and the the three uh, willpower. I mean, she seems pretty, pretty solid there. She's inkable. I think just a very nice average card for, for Raya there. And then we have an item in Ruby, which is the dinner bell. So it's a four cost. And what happens is you exert it and you pay two ink and you draw cards equal to the damage on a chosen character of yours. And then you banish the card. Then you banish them. You banish the character. So really interesting item there. Do you, do either of you know what this was technically from? I wasn't a great sure. Mouse detective. That... Yeah, this is great a great mouse, mouse detective. detective. Yep. Oh, because he rings the bell and like the cat comes. I've I got it. I got it. <laughs> Thank you. I would not have remembered that. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. No, this I like this card. I mean, who knows how much play we'll see, but if you think about ramming like having eight damage on King Triton or seven on Maui or Stitch Carefree Surfer. Play this card. Well, I mean, you have it in play, pay two, and you get to draw that many cards. That's kind of bonkers. And I'm sure, I'm sure somebody will figure out how to make this card work. It's basically a persistent and uh, just slightly, I mean, not slightly because you would banish a character, but more costly version of Rapunzel mm -hmm. because you're you, I think most often you're going to be using this when a character has somewhere between two and four damage so you're going to be yeah. getting two to four draws and you're going to have to banish the character but you have all those cards you got back into your hand so if you didn't have any cards if you're down to one or two it's going to be like refreshing a bit and being able to just get that keep that card advantage going and if your character was about ready to die anyway then you know you might as well get some advantage out of them being banished, right? Well, and the difference is, is that uh, this item stays on the board because you don't banish yeah. the bell, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the item stays on. And like what you could technically do is like if you had Triton on board, you could still quest with him, right? And then mm -hmm. use this and banish him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's or pretty sing, bonkers. Or sing a song or... Yeah, you know, a variety of things you can do. You can attack someone, get a little bit more damage on them. Yeah, and you can sneak these out as well. That's something that's really unique about items is since you can use them the turn that they're played, you can pull this out of nowhere just like you can a Rapunzel from your hand. So yep. it'll be interesting to see what people come up with in order to get this to have some play. All right, shall we move on to Sapphire? Yes. So... This uh, ink only has one card revealed as well. It is Gaston. We kind of talked about him in the product part. Uh, he's a six cost, uninkable, four strength, four willpower. His uh, sub name is Intellectual Powerhouse. He is also a shift character, shifts for four, uh, three lore, which is amazing. His ability, as we said already, is developed brain. When you play this character, look at the top three cards of your deck. You may put 
one into your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your deck in any order. So it's kind of like a beefed up version of developing your brain. Um, but that three lore, I don't know, shifting on for four seems like a seems like it could see play. But the thing I love most about this is in the card itself, there's a chalkboard where he's uh, uh, outlining his plan to rescue Belle and save her from the beast and marry her. <laughs> Beautiful art. <laughs> yep. It's awesome. I love it. The intellectual powerhouse. It's like, you know, as soon as you see that, you're like, you look closer, like, oh, yeah, that's a Floodborne. Yeah. I didn't, re- I didn't realize Matthew Robert Davies did did the Gaston so he yep. did the Elsa's in the first chapter so he did like five of these 13 that have been revealed yeah he's the one who has almost all of the art on the products uh that's cool. so that's yeah so Gaston and uh the Queen and a few others uh that he did are the art on the packaging and it's so he is like Nicholas Cole was for the first chapter he is the face artist of Rise of the Floodborne very cool all right, so let's talk about Steel. Um, there are two cards, but these are both just incredible cards. Uh, I said that I play Sapphire Steel, and I could see myself adding both of these in here. So the first one is Cinderella, Stouthearted. Another one that you look at and you're like, that's a Floodborne because she is in Knight's Armor. She's holding the sword. She's seven cost, so that kind of hurts. She's five strength, five willpower, but she can shift for five. She has three lore, but she also introduces a new keyword called resist. And she has resist plus two, which means when a goons, which is strength two, attacks Cinderella, it deals zero damage. And her ability is, this ability is, I mean, next to Belle, this ability is is bonkers. It's called The Singing Sword. Whenever you play a song, this character may challenge ready characters this turn. So you have an Aladdin that you think is safe. You use a shill to uh, ready up your, I don't know, whatever. Moana, Cinderella can swing into those characters. And I think that's pretty incredible. It's awesome. And you did mention her keywords because she has the knight keyword. Yep, she is brand new, which is pretty cool. And if you look closely at her art, she has on her the her sword hilt is her pumpkin carriage pumpkin. Uh, image, and I think she has it somewhere else as well. In the cape, yeah, in the cape, there's the pumpkin as well. So this is pretty awesome. This is an amazing card, I think. And she's inkable. Like, there's nothing about this card that has red flags like it's just a good card it's like she may end up being this set's big tink right something very well could be she very i mean yeah so she's 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 aiming for that so when it says damage dealt to this character is reduced by two does that include from things like grab your swords and giant tink or dragon that's damage is reduced by two it doesn't say specifically when in a That's challenge, awesome. so I would assume, yeah, all damage. That's pretty awesome. So basically the only way to get rid of her is to attack her with someone that deals seven damage or direct removal like Dragonfire. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, she's going to be a tank. Yeah. Which leads into our next. This is not as much of a tank, but she's still going to be tanky. Uh, Tiana, celebrating princess. She's four cost, uninkable. She has one strength and four willpower, but she also has that resist plus two. And then she has this other amazing ability. And again, going back to this Ruby Amethyst deck where I just got be prepared four times in one game and dragon fired a couple more times. I'm going to love this ability. The ability that you give is what you get. While this character is exerted and you have no cards in your hand, opponent can't play action. So no more dragon fire, no more be prepared. It's assuming that your hand is empty. Gives you incentive to empty that hand out at the end of your turn for sure. Really does. But I also really like running a whole new world. So that's going to be a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're going to have to uh, empty your hand and then hope you draw into a whole new world to refill it at some point or have one of you. There may be some ways to refill your or to draw a little bit extra with the cards in play at a certain point. Maybe there's some new cards for draw because we do need draw. I mean, we always need draw. So maybe there'll be some new draw cards that help you fill your hand after it's empty. I mean, Beast Mirror is in in steel, so you can use that. That's the logical choice right there. Yeah, of the existing cards. Yeah. Um, I I, I thought it was pretty funny that uh, the day this was revealed later in the day, uh, Team Lorcana uh, had to clarify that Tiana is not holding a keyblade. This is not a secret Kingdom Hearts reference. Yeah, I saw people saying that. And I'm like, (laughs) Kingdom Hearts people are going hard for trying to get Kingdom Hearts into Lorcana. And, you know, you got to respect the push, but wait until they announce it because it's not coming until they announce it. If they ever announce it. There is the nice nod to the uh, stars and the fireflies at the end of the princess and the frog, though, with the two stars over her shoulder in the card. Um, Mm. Those are the the two stars that are at the end of the, the movie there. So I did like that little nod there. I didn't even notice that. I didn't either. And uh, so uh, I think you, uh, Jared, you found at least one hidden Mickey in some of these cards, right? So in the, um, it's in Amethyst, it's the spell book. Mm-hmm. If you go to the left of the spell book, kind of in the middle, there's a hidden Mickey there. And it's then like in a wave. Yeah. I'm kind of hallucinating this one. <laughs> <laughs> If you look at the bell, if you look at her quiver of arrows, there are three that kind of look like a hidden Mickey, but then there's a fourth that kind of would give that hidden Mickey a extra long face, but I am hallucinating it there and I'm calling it. And and the fun thing, uh, her ability is called thorny arrows and her arrows are actually uh, roses, which I thought was awesome. I mean, it's just, the art is amazing. I just love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a legendary too. It's another bell legendary card. And uh, we have also yeah. of the 13 revealed. I think I counted, was it four super rares? Yeah. And then a few rares and some commons and uncommons. So, but this is the only legendary that was revealed. And man, it's, we're going to have to chase down another bell legendary, man. 
<laughs> so I think in in addition to set two news here, James, you shared with me a video on Instagram that the artist is it Matthew John Davies? Is that the name? Matthew Robert Davies. Matthew okay. Robert. Okay, thank you. Uh, he actually shared it, and he was showing off all the packaging on it. And one of them, I think it was the back of one of the card sleeves, it did show a one-cost Flynn Rider that looks like it's vanilla and emerald. Yeah. And that's the only other card that we could tell that's on the packaging, I think, was that Flynn. But, but. there were a couple of other tidbits. Did you catch those? I did not. If you read the text, did you catch these, Adara? I did not look super closely at it. I try to limit my intake of non-Robinsberger spoilers. <laughs> so if you... Did, do you want me to tell you this? Go for it. Go okay. for it. So if you read the text on the back of one of the products, it mentions that there's going to be a Madame Mim Fox form. Oh, I did It's going to be this. a Kronk Squirrel Scout, I think. And there's a Officer Hops as well. Nice. Well, we, yeah. we could expect there to be Hops because they're, they mentioned Zootopia, but uh, Madam Mim, they did not. Okay, so that was, from, she's from uh, Sword, Sword and Stone. Stone, right? Okay, awesome. All right. So Aaron from the Illumiteers is going to be super excited because she's been asking for Madam Mim from the beginning. Yes. Uh, can't wait. So now we have it's now set two uh, was revealed to be coming out at, at early at the local game stores on November 17th. That was revealed like six months ago. Yeah, a long time like that, ago. It was announced mm -hmm. and uh, big box on December 1st. Uh, so it's good. They have the two week window again. Uh, now, the only change is that Disney 100 gift set is coming out December 1st everywhere. There is no early release for the gift set. So don't go looking for that on November 17th because it won't be out. Uh, it will only be coming out on December 1st. Um, and everything else is, is uh, I think, the same path. And that means uh, as of this recording, we have two months and two days until the release of Rise of the Floodborne. That's eight weeks. So crazy. And we have... 13 cards revealed, which means we have 191 cards left to reveal. So let's start the countdown again. Uh, <laughs> Me and, a day. Yeah, what do you think we're going to get? I mean, so for chapter one, we got all but, what was it, about 40-ish, 48, something like that cards revealed before the, the final drop of everything when the app was released and all of that. Yeah. It was around, right? I think so. Do you think we're going to do about the same? We're going to have like a bunch of surprise cards when they all get loaded into the app like a week before or something like that? What do you think? I I mean, the difference this time, I think, is that now that the app's released and active, there are going to be people combing through the code. So if they upload anything there, it's going to be like leaked right away. Yeah. So I'm not sure how they're going to handle that. I mean, barring any kind of leak like that, then yeah, I think that they would handle it the same. I did see them say that they were hoping to get all of the cards loaded into the app as they were revealed. 
but that didn't happen for one reason or another. So maybe it's because they want to figure out a way to keep that data from leaking. So they have to put in placeholder text and maybe the files they had didn't have placeholder text and it would have all gotten spoiled. So who knows why, but they just didn't reveal, they didn't just didn't put the stuff into the app yet, but I'm thinking that it will at some point start showing up in the app. I think, uh, I mean, with only eight weeks, I mean, I'd like to see, I don't know, drops like this where we get 10 cards at least a week, right? Something like that. (laughs) That's crazy to think about. To be on pace, they have to release uh, just over 20 cards a week if they want to release all of them before that. So, So, I mean, 10, 10 to 15 cards a week is still not revealing everything. Mm-hmm. that I... just blows right. my mind yeah. yeah and it's gonna be like this like every set where a few weeks into the release of the set you're gonna get start getting the stuff for the next set coming out so it's perpetual playing with cards that you have now and seeing what's coming next and you know can we go back to waiting a year between i mean before <laughs> the release i'm just to just I, yeah i was gonna say i don't know if i could wait a year between release again uh, although I, I do think that for me, it's going to be, I'm going to get very excited about these cards and then forget about them. Uh, because if you start doing things like printing out proxies or whatever it may be to ch- test things out before the whole set is out and you start hunting it down, you're going to be like, I want to build this deck. And then you're going to be, and then if you're going to be able to go and, There's going to be issues getting product, which we think there will be because, you know, I don't think the print run was increased that much from the first set. I think we're still going to have issues for set two. You're going to be having trouble building those decks if you wanted to like, okay, you know, we we tested it all out for the two months while the reveals were happening. And this is, we thinking is going to be a good deck. And then you go and buy cards and you don't get all of those cards. You can't play it. It's going to be disappointing. So I'm kind of like, I kind of just want to forget about all those new cards until I can actually get them. But of course, I'm going to be so hyped seeing all the new cards as they come out. So it's yeah. it's going to be that whole give and take of new stuff. Well, is there any news we need to talk about? I think that was the news. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. Is set, there set two is the news. Set two is the news. <laughs> um, the resources page has kind of been changed a little bit where things have come and gone on the resource page. But I'm expecting that we're going to have uh, the full rules at some point soon ish i would hope so i would think so hopefully that's coming all right i do have a lorcana lexicon oh yeah um have we talked about the word sideboard before i don't know if we have okay this is very this is very uh a, a very discussion heavy thing it's very uh, divisive yeah discord. it yeah. is Dara, can do you do you know what a sideboard is? I mean, I'm sure you do. I can attempt to explain it. I'm still trying to learn about it myself, but my best understanding is a sideboard is a selection of cards that you use to then like switch out in your deck in between games when you're doing a round with somebody. So like when you're doing a best of three match, you would play your first match or you'd play your first game against the person and then in between your first game and your second game you would get to switch out some of your cards for the cards in your sideboard 
And that's like really helpful against when you're playing against certain decks that maybe you have, there's a card that's really good against Amber Steel that otherwise it's not particularly handy to have in your deck. So you could have that in your sideboard and would instead then, if you're going against an Amber Steel, you could switch that in for your remaining games is I think like kind of how a sideboard works. That's exactly that's how, how I understand that it works. Yeah. Yeah. So and... what are you, what are your opinions on sideboards? My opinion on the sideboard is at least at this point in the game in my TCG journey, I feel like it adds more complexity than I want to the game. I really like that in general, we haven't been doing sideboards when we've been playing games and casual play. It's pretty much you just go for it. And I think it, I really appreciate the simplicity of that, of your deck is your deck and no matter what you're going against, you're running the deck that you chose to run at the beginning of that. I have talked with a couple of people who really want to see a sideboard, and a lot of the terms that they use when they're talking about that is that they want to see a sideboard to add complexity to the game. So I'm not against sideboards, but I think like give it give it a set or two. Like let's let's figure out how these cards work. Let's let these people who are brand new to TCGs figure out what is even building a deck look like before we start talking about how do we put together a sideboard to have. So I'm I'm not against them, but I probably would not be using one anytime soon personally, just because I'm still newish and I just don't want the added complexity at this exact moment. One thing I was going to add to your definition is Typically, like when I played My Hero, the sideboard consisted of 10 cards. So like you said, um, if I was playing against somebody that had a deck that was very controlling, I could have a sideboard that would help counter that. And yeah, it adds complexity, but it also increases your ability. Like, I don't think it's going to be as complex as you think, because if you played a Ruby Amethyst deck and you know that they're going to have Be Prepared and dragon fire then you could have a side deck with like aurora in it to help provide ward for your characters or you could have that new tiana in there so mm. i mean i think you'd have the sideboard and you'd be like okay this matchup requires this and then just switch the cards in and out so as someone who is new of course and hasn't played tcgs and wanted complexity in them to start uh, it does feel like it's a little much. Uh, also, it just feels to me like it's kind of cheating. Like, I didn't build a good enough deck, so I'm going to bring these extra 10 or 15 cards just in case I can't beat you with what I built. So I'm going to I want to add these other cards or switch out these other cards once I figure out what you have so I can play better than I did the first game. So are you telling me when there's like a basketball game going on and one of the players isn't performing well, and the coach pulls him out and puts in a player from the bench, that that's like cheating? No, because that bench is your deck. And uh, that guy in the stands who absolutely knows how to play basketball would be a sideboard. And he isn't part of the team. Your deck is the team. All right. All right. We're just going to have to You're agree not pulling to anyone here. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I understand what it is, and I understand the, the point of it, and I understand that it does add complexity, and it helps to, because it, once a game gets so much wider with so many more cards, you do need 
a lot of avenues to fight against those different styles of play and different decks. But at the beginning, no, there's just not that many avenues in Lorcana, so you don't really need it. Right? I could go either way. Like, I don't care one way or the other. <laughs> I don't know. I just, ever since I heard about it, I'm like, it just it just feels a little bit like you're saying, I'm not building a good enough deck, so I need to make sure I have this little little side thing to make sure that I can, you know, cheat in this little thing after the first game to make it to make it fit. James, I mean, come on. If you have a deck that gets steamrolled by a certain matchup, but it's good against all the other ones, how is that cheating to be like, okay, I'm gonna go from an auto loss to giving myself a fighting chance? Uh, because that's the 60 cards you brought. So I think what I'm hearing from this is that having a sideboard tends to encourage maybe building a deck with more specialties in mind. So if you have a sideboard, it creates more of the freedom to, hey, it's okay if I really lean my deck heavy into this certain aspect. And then when you go against that matchup that that aspect just fails at, then you have the cards that you're able to swap in and try to to beat it out. So like maybe like a good example right now is like Amber Steel that I've heard a lot of people talking about of like at least the deck that I'm kind of playing is it doesn't particularly do well against that Amber, uh, sorry, not Amber, uh, Amethyst Ruby control deck. But if I had the ability to do a sideboard, for example, I might switch out to have more lower cost, high lore characters to beat out the rush at the beginning of the game, which is like your only chance against Amethyst Ruby. No. So I-, I think it just adds, it adds the depth, though I definitely hear where you're coming from, James, of how it it kind of feels like, well, shouldn't you just build that into your deck to begin with? So I, I think I see both perspectives there. I think it'll be really interesting to see what ends up coming from Ravensburger officially, especially considering that both Ryan and Steve have backgrounds in other TCGs. And, and I'm I'm going to say that as we go forward with different and new sets, I'm guessing that there's a probably a pretty good chance that sideboards do get added at some point. And at that point, I'll, I'll be in. I'll, I'll make sideboards. I'm not saying that I'll never use one. I'm just saying that the way I see it when I first you know, heard about it, it just felt like it was something that you're using as like a little bit of a cheat because, but I understand why and how it's used. It's just, that was the initial impression when I first heard about it. And so going forward, I'm sure in a year and I want, and I'm playing against, and there's like five different kinds of decks that I have to figure out how to build a deck against. I'm going to want that extra 10 or 15 cards to be able to to do that little bit of a fix after the first game to try and have a little bit better of a chance to go against that that deck. But right now, I just don't think it's really needed. Shall we move on to Disney Jeopardy? Yes. Okay. And Adara has volunteered to be our, our, our victim? Uh, victim here. Yeah. I guess Let's do this again. <laughs> if you need a lifeline, you can ask, James. Um, For 100, this is the name of the teacup in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, uh, who is Chip? Ding, 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 ding. Okay, this is the type of animal Timon is in The Lion King. What is a meerkat? There you go. For 300, this is the dwarf that doesn't speak in Snow White. Oh, 
who is Dopey? Ding, ding, ding. Okay. So pretty easy one so far for 400. <laughs> this is the name of the mother cat in Aristocats. Oh, because the 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 girl, the, the, the daughter is Marie. That's correct. Um, but that's not what the mom is. Uh, oh, oh, who is Duchess? There you go. I love those light bulb moments. <laughs> just, I had to think about the cats. I just had to visualize <laughs> them. I was like, oh, it's Duchess. All right. I saved a ringer for 500 here. Again, staying on did. the topics of names, staying on the theme of names. This is the name of the leader of the wolf pack in the Jungle Book. <laughs> oh man all i can think of is Khan, i know that that's not right so <laughs> Khan inspired me to find this question oh i can imagine do you have thoughts james this. no i don't even remember this at all i sometimes forget that mowgli was raised by wolves too yeah no i knew that's who it was it's my favorite part of like the movie before you get into like the actual movie like i love how that's the opening but and like I can like visualize what he looks like in his like sorrowful face when he has to like turn Mowgli. No, no, I don't. I have no idea. There's no way I'm gonna pull this one out. <laughs> okay, I'm probably butchering this name, and I put it on like a name pronunciation thing. <laughs> Akela, Akela, Akela. Okay. A K E L A. So. If I said it wrong, I'm sure somebody will let me know. But four for five, that's pretty that. good. No, didn't have a clue. <laughs> that was a good 500 question. Yes. Okay, well, this was lots of fun. Dara, thanks for coming on and joining us. If people want to find you, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at OCHEM102. It's the screen name's Adara, though. I changed that. And then on Discord, I'm Adara of Lorcana. Um, if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on Twitter. I mean, if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can follow us on the podcasting platform of your choice. You can find me on Twitter at Citizens of Lorcana. And James, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere online at Dan Regal, and you can check out geekshotphoto.com for links and photos and things from my wife and I. And uh, also shout out to the two or so people I talked to about this podcast at uh, some of our events over the last week. Hopefully uh, you're listening. And uh, thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.